Hello and welcome to your favorite daily comics YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And this is a daily video series where we look at comics, comics history, our favorite artists, and lots of other topics related to comics. So if you're new to Cartoonist Kayfabe, welcome. And we encourage you, if you're looking for your favorite comic book or, or creator, check out our archives by going through the search engine on YouTube. Look up your favorite book. And if we have not done a video on it yet of our over 1,000 video archive, let us know in the comments below. We'll add it to our list for consideration, and hopefully we'll, you'll see your favorite video soon. Today we are looking at Dark Horse Comics Aliens series and the best artists that have drawn the Xenomorph over the years. Should be a fun video to dive into. All right, everybody, before we dive into this Aliens video, I want to remind you that you can see us at Baltimore Comic-Con September 8th, 9th, and 10th. I also want to let everybody know that we have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon, where we show our videos to our patrons ahead of time, which will allow you to get ahead of the Kayfabe effect, which means if you see a book on our channel that you want to add to your collection, they tend to disappear quickly or go up in price. So if you're a Patreon, you get first dibs at those books. You also, at the King K. Faber level, get to sit in on our recording sessions, which has become a lot of fun. And one of my favorite parts of Cartoonist K. Fabe is the back and forth as we record these videos. So check out our Patreon, see what level works for you. And now, Ed, let us begin. Dark Horse gets the license for Aliens, and their very first out-of-the-gate book is by Mark Nelson. We have a video that looks at this series in depth, so I won't spend too much time on it, but I do want to show it off to anybody that's unfamiliar with this series. One of the greatest duo shade examples in history of comics, as far as I'm concerned, and kind of bucks the trend of licensed books. I feel like up to this point, licensed books had kind of a reputation of not being great comics right what would happen is you'd get the license and say we're selling this book based on aliens and i'm sure that's true but dark horse went a little bit further and got a bunch of really good artists and writers and creators to do these alien stories over the years and right out of the gates the very first offering a fantastic looking book yeah this this has a dear place in my heart because it might be one of the the first trade paperbacks of comics i ever seen it was it was at the barnes and noble so it had regular bookstore distribution and uh to see that duotone art it just it totally baffled me uh, i do remember that the trade paperback was pretty expensive which is why i never picked it up at that level but i went to the uh, walden books and looked at it all the time yeah it's it's a fantastic uh offering and it's i think might maybe their only black and white aliens comic so a little bit different from most of the books that we're going to be showing today but uh, definitely a standout in my opinion. And one of those early indie books that like showed you didn't have to be a guy breaking into comics to work on the indies, but you could be a very accomplished illustrator doing indie comics work, which was exciting for me as I started to get away from Marvel and DC. Very much a gateway drug into some of the indie stuff. So their follow-up, they go and they hire the artist from Warlock 5, who I absolutely adore as art, Dennis Boves. And I think that's a French name and I am butchering it. And I do apologize, Dennis, for that. But he was doing like airbrush painted work in Warlock 5, but it was black and white. Right. Whenever he gets this Alien series, he continues to do that painted style, but now he gets full color and really kind of gets to go to the next level. Um, love his art. Didn't do a lot of comics. I think he went into the film direction, but this is a chance to kind of see him shine and again, gets to play with all the crayons in the, in the coloring box. And it kind of shows. And I think this is another great idea early on in Dark Horse's you know transition into a bigger company 
finding these top-notch guys to make their aliens books look good so if you're interested in aliens and you pick this up i think you're probably happy with what you found absolutely and and uh, they they became kind of like legendary comics uh alien predator terminator like yes. like kids freaking love them man like i had a lot of friends who uh were would have like a run of predator and nothing else yeah, it was very easy to pick those books up if you wanted something else, and they kind of delivered a bit more. You don't see any comics code stamp on this cover. You could get these books that were probably not a hard R book, but, but definitely a harder edge than what you were getting with your uh, typical issue of a Spider-Man or Batman comic at this time, because these are early 90s. We were into that shit, showing incinerations and stuff that like that, like we would we would be like super super on that stuff. Yeah, 100%. Very inventive. And again, if you go from the two first Alien series, the black and white duo shade to a painted book, they don't even look like Marvel and DC Comics at that time. Setting a high bar for sure. They also had a really good eye of finding these young creators, right? So this is some of Sam Keith's first work that I ever saw was Alien Earth Wars. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Three different levels will give you access to our videos early. And at the King Kayfaber level, you'll get access to all of our videos first to offset the Kayfabe effect. And you sit in on the recording session, which really gives you a leg up. We are also working cartoonists. The best way to support cartoonist Kayfabe is to buy our comics. And coming out in time for Christmas, Hip Hop Family Tree from Ed Piscor. 500 plus pages collecting all of the Hip Hop Family Tree in one handsome volume, along with 140 pages of extra back material, notes, art that hasn't been reprinted before, new art created just for this volume. Red Room, Crypto Killers, is the latest series in the Red Room uh, universe. There are two volumes in trade paperback, and this third volume is being published right now. Issue 3, recently published, features Latchkey Kids, now known as Switchblade Shorties, which is Ed's ongoing daily comic strip. This is the first appearance, so you may want to add this one to your collection as a, uh, a key back issue. X-Men Grand Design is going to be collecting all three volumes into one edition, also in time for the holidays this year, uh, the X-Men Grand Design Trilogy. You can pre-order that one now. My latest comics, True Crime Funnies, self-published, featuring three non-fiction stories, including two wrestling stories, available on my website or my Patreon. Young adult graphic novel, The Plain Janes. Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, featuring the homeless ninja on a skateboard, collecting eight complete stories. This is my action superhero series, and a new volume of Street Angel will be due out later this year in November, also from Image Comics. Get Princess of Poverty and Deadliest Girl Alive to have all of the Street Angel comics, and Hulk Grand Design, my contribution to the Grand Design mythos celebrating 60 years of The Incredible Hulk. And now back to the video. This is John Bolton doing the painted covers, by the way, not Sam Keith. But whenever you get inside here, this is 1990. So I'm not sure when he shows up in Marvel Comics Presents, which is the first, or Hulk fill-in issue, the first Sam Keith that I saw. But this would have been right around that time, if not a little bit earlier. And it's full Sam Keith. Yeah. Yeah, he would have done uh, Sandman before this. I think that's 89. But he's clearly more mature right here. And probably just trying to figure out, like, you know, how he wants to set up his career. And he probably has the chance to do some comics here that, again, don't look like Marvel and DC. I remember seeing the first Sam Keith on that Hulk book and thinking, like, this doesn't look like a Marvel artist. Yeah. This looks like something different. He gets to go do Aliens and gets to lean into that something different. You see a lot of influences in Sam Keith that are outside of the house styles of Marvel and DC. But on a book like Aliens, man, you can put all of that to use. The, the horror 
influence in his work fits perfectly with this and uh, i think he shines on this comic in this one pointillism yeah he uses this one uh clint eastwood image that i've seen maybe six other dudes use the exact i see mark texiera use it i seen i think Derek robertson no it's not okay. I, I i would like to find it if <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll flip through this because i do think this is top notch uh top notch sam keith and what these guys have to do is nail the xenomorph right and you see it again and again and it really just drives home how great that that original design was but not an easy one to draw like i bet you if you got tasked with doing a uh an aliens book first you say yes and then you spend some time trying to figure out how do you actually do that alien design and i would love this like this was one of my favorite character designs in here just all of the rendering you know super super uh muscular dude with the giant gun but also the bald it's hulk hogan right you know like 100 percent. that's a hulk hogan you know it's fucked up you just got three issues i do yeah okay it's in it's in the fourth issue <laughs> <laughs> it can go no other way i didn't realize this was that early though 1990 and man those bolton covers really classic stuff absolutely man i mean he's pulling directly from from uh giger yes but able to bring like the boltonisms to it because you never see giger like do humanoids or anything how exciting is this too if you're uh you know kind of into comics but really into sci-fi and horror and you walk into the comic book store and this is what you see like a smart move on dark horse's part because they're delivering what you're promising on this cover but again, it doesn't look like anything else. And if you're a new company, I, I know there's a lot of wrestling talk where it's like you can be uh, less than WWF, you can be more than, or you can be different than. And different than is the thing to do because you're not going to beat them at their game. Right. And I feel like these aliens and what they did with the license for aliens really was an attempt to be different than the Marvel DC kind of machine. Which, again, it's what you should do. All the people that decide they're going to do their superhero universes... How are you going to beat this company that's got right. 30, 40, 50 years of that under their belt? Totally. All right, so here we go. Alien Hives, 1992, and uh, art by Kelly Jones coming on board. Once again, man, maybe found the perfect guy for this. I love it. I just love this. It starts It starts to become more identifiable what, what you need in an artist, and you need an artist who is not afraid to use black. It's very important. Yeah, we've looked at some Kelly Jones... Uh, stuff in videos in the past an artist edition where it really shows off his ability to spot blacks and play with shadows but man you're seeing it here you know what's funny is you already you could look at it you could tell that the unfortunate thing with a lot of these comics kind of like some of their downfalls is that uh they take the exact stuff from the movie and they jiggle it just a little bit they change one piece so you get a lot of like you know playing the hits but like with one little difference here or there. So it's like, I just saw that Ripley looking chick. I just saw that we're on like, you know, a space mechanic kind of thing. All that same stuff. It's like, is there no bigger universe? But obviously that would require you to invent stuff for, for them that you don't get to own. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know that it's too, if you're trying to sell this to people and maybe people that aren't your typical comics readers you probably don't want to stray too far either yeah yeah like like personally it it got real boring because I like I got like the the um first three like I, I do have hives but I never read it uh but I, you identify these things when you read enough of it it's just like ah oh, geez okay so this is the Danny Glover in in this uh Predator comic yeah, they're, they're, um, certainly these early ventures are not going too far outside of that universe that the movies had established. And was it just two alien movies or all that are out up to this point? Oh, I geez, I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I think you it's know, just Alien and Aliens. So the Winona Ryder gimmick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure when that comes out. Mid-90s, maybe? But, boy, I think Kelly Jones is a fit for this. Absolutely. And and uh, there may have been toys. I, I know that, like, in the 70s, that Alien figure, like, all, all my bros who are, like, 10 years older than me coveted their, like, Evil Knievel figure and, like, the Xenomorph. Yeah, it always surprised me whenever I would hear of the Alien toys. Where, because it's like... Is that before your time? I never had any. Um, I mean, I didn't even get into Alien until, you know, like, like probably after Aliens had come out. So, no Alien toys for me back in the day. The uh, But I don't even know how you could have an Alien toy. <laughs> like, it just seems like... What part of this is, is a kid-friendly, you know... Oh, that's a, the, the toy collector that's market makes sense. But, man, these things would have been just bizarre. Almost looks like the uh, Sam Keith is... is yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Ridley Scott just recently revealed that there was a teaser trailer for the first Alien, and uh, great covers by Kelly Jones on these. The camera comes down, and you see the ovum of uh, an alien on this terrestrial surface. It's literally a chicken egg sitting on top of a brownie, and it's just lit in an interesting way as the camera pans down. But like the terrestrial is is a chocolate brownie, and it That's is really it's bizarre. A, it's a chicken egg. How inventive are people whenever they're working with those kinds of materials? Yeah. You know, like in the pre-CG days, like coming up with that kind of stuff, really... Uh, is this John Byrne? This is John Byrne. This is 1992, at least the cover art, 19, probably 1993 release. Are you sure it's not 1963 with this um, <laughs> Marlon Brando character in the back there? You know what's funny is this looks like it breaks away, at least the cover, and feels like a 1950s horror movie. Yeah. As opposed to like we're on the, uh, the alien ship and stuck in outer space. Yeah, the aliens are clearly on Earth, man. This is uh, interesting to me. This is one that I found much, much later. It's 1994 is the date. I didn't remember John Byrne doing an no. alien story. So this is one of those, as you dig around and start to find some of these back issues, there are so many of the alien comics. And for the most part, they're at a high level. So you find something like this that's a surprise and kind of makes sense, but also doesn't at all. <laughs> you know, like an alternative world where John Byrne's doing alien comics. The funny part is this almost looks like something now that you could imagine Marvel doing, you know, with like a Marvel artist now that they have their license. And I realize Marvel comics look different now than they did then, but it's still like John Byrne is such a guy I associate as like that Marvel type artist. Yeah, it's that period too where he's doing his own lettering with uh, his kind of Walt Kelly style, the, yeah. paste, the paste up computer stuff. And was doing a lot. This is probably nearing the end of his Dark Horse time. I'm trying to think of when he goes back to like Wonder Woman at DC maybe 95, 96, something like that. Yeah. 97 even. He definitely has that same style where he's using, you know, Sharpie brushes. Like but he was doing thick ass. Like all D all dark horse work, you know, there for a couple of years. Man, it, it, it's such, such ugly textures, man. This looks like white on top of stuff. Yeah. Putting white on that. Uh, putting white on a lot of this looks like white media. He's fast, man. He is fast. And, and you know, sometimes that's not a virtue really. Right. But it does get you off the spaceship, so a little bit of a different chance here. But also early computer coloring applied to him, and strange in some of these textures. You know, like how much value range you're getting on like a jacket, like a leather jacket that's going all the way from white to black. Or that kind of stuff. It, it, I know that Dark Horse had their own color department, but the color is not too different than what those Wonder Womans would be. I, I actually had a subscription to that. Like all my issues of Wonder Woman have the crease down the middle, getting stuffed in my mailbox. 
So there you go to give you context is where he's at in John Byrne's Next Men. That's pretty much towards the end, huh? It, it's getting there. Um, I saw him in 95 at Mid-Ohio Con. 94, maybe. You know what? This is just about the end, because I think that was... I was talking to him about the last issue, I think, was delayed, and he's like, I turned it in on time. Don't blame me for it being late. Uh, but it would have been the, near the end of that Next Men run. So also probably near the end of the John Byrne Dark Horse run, uh, but kind of an interesting artifact. I wonder if that came out of like Dark Horse Presents, possibly, and that might be a collection of uh, like a Dark Horse Presents story, because they would do a lot of alien stories in Dark Horse Presents. Yeah, it's true. And and they also had another comic that, that we always forget about, just called Dark Horse Comics. Yes. And, and Dark Horse Comics was like all licensed stuff. It'd and it be was color. It was the color anthology yeah, for them. Yeah, it would be like a 10-page Predator, a 10-page Terminator. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it came out of one of those, because yeah. it's a one-shot. It's almost a way to take two bites of the apple. And I don't think Dark Horse Comics like lasted very long. No. No, it, it, it comes up. It's speculator, you know, when the bubble's big, and then it kind of goes away whenever it bursts within a couple years. So Alien Salvation, written by Dave Gibbons, uh, penciled Mike Mignola, and Kevin Nolan, an all-star team, and we do have an in-depth video on this one. But, I mean, you can see from the cover amazing stuff here great comic uh the first time i read it was for this channel and i i uh was so happy clem robbins on lettering and matt hollingsworth that's that's the uh the cleanup hitters on uh the preacher yeah yeah like i say we have an in-depth video on this i think it's a really fantastic standalone story and a bunch of all-stars working on it so uh check out that video to see maybe an aliens by mike mignola that Hopefully a few of you at home, that's a new book for you, something to uh, look forward to next time you head to the comic shop. It was a new book for me and, and uh, a revelation. Whoops. All right, here we go. Richard Corbin. A new revelation. I don't know this comic. Oh, awesome. Can you think of much of a better fit than Richard Corbin? taking his turn at aliens oh man we're gonna have to do a bigger video on this and i'm actually like not gonna like look too much <laughs> because i want to do a deeper dive on this one well go ahead i'll do a quick flip through this is 1997 and john pound is doing colors and this is kind of like when richard corbin is really coming around and doing does some dark horse stuff uh does some dc stuff ends up at marvel so this is when he's kind of like making his rounds there for about 10 years or so doing a bunch of work for hire and like i say to me a really good fit look yeah. at that mauled up face reflected in the blood in the blood pool on the ground yeah he's very inventive with that kind of thing and one of the things that you get with a lot of these dark horse comics is you don't always see much of the alien right. to start off with and why not like it's it's richard corbin and it's alien so you know you're going to sell the first issue and now you want more of these aliens they're so shiny and, and yeah like look what he does dude he puts a reflection in there and all the alien comics we saw like there was never any of that he's he's so inventive that way you know like that's one of the things i appreciate appreciate about him the most it's a great concept because it it makes it almost metallic yeah like as if the alien is not horrific enough it's very wet yes yeah shiny just gross and the painted covers are really a nice piece because that is well. all Cor corbin you know exactly it's, it's not john pound <laughs> and this guy man almost the most compromised position you could you could imagine being in <laughs> just terrible looking so kind of a cool one and this is one that i found much much later after the fact wasn't aware that this was published at the time but then started to find it later on i think i might have found one in the discount bin right and then it's like for corbin aliens i tracked down those other issues as, as soon as i could and you're starting to see more of the uh, xenomorph as the series goes on but a pretty good fit i think between artist and subject matter yeah really nice 
Here's one, Doug Monk, who did a lot of stuff at Dark Horse, such as Mask is probably the big thing that he's known for. I always liked his his work. Yeah, super strong. And I thought, like, what a great version of Alien right from the get-go. An Alien Queen, kind of restrained, hopefully restrained, but that's your uh, your opening setup with him. And I don't know whether the Alien books, how they sold, if this was a reward, you know, for a loyal artist that you get to do an Alien book and get, get whatever uh, comes your way in terms of royalties. One of the things that I have heard from some of the Alien creators from the Dark Horse era is that once Fox was acquired by Disney, I guess, and Marvel gets that license, that the royalties go away. They do, yeah, with with every licensed thing, man. Like, I was going to work something out with, with IDW once, uh, and they were like, dude, we could hook you up here, but if if it goes away, if it goes to some other publisher, like, we, we, we can't do any of that. Like, we can't we can't build anything else in, into that. This, this Doug Monk work looks a little different than what I'm used to and it feels very Darrow-ish except except when we get to these pages with the dark with the blacks and stuff but when you're inside that ship it's a very clear line uh you see some monk marks and things but but I I'm feeling Darrow influence on this yeah I can see that now he is a noodler no doubt yeah I like his work and at some point we're probably gonna have to look at some of the mask stuff because I think some of that's I, I have quite a bit it's spotty what I have you know issue here issue there but I have enough of them that we could look at a pretty big sample and I have the um the Lobo mask crossover which you know pretty important to me and that's Doug Monk I would definitely look at those I think they're really fun comics and and showcase his uh his artwork really well so here's one that's another one I just recently picked up this is Alien Survival 1998 and our artist guy davis which again seems like a very very good fit you can imagine he was doing i don't know when he starts bprd but i feel like you see him do some creatures in bprd and you go yeah come on over man when you got when you got a break in the schedule we got an alien script with your name on it because his style just fits this kind of stuff you know i think guillermo basically hired him to be a monster designer yeah yeah no he's so strong man he's such a good cartoonist he's so hairy yeah it works really good for any kind of monster sci-fi horror kind of stuff and this guy like transforming into a xenomorph see that's evolution that's that's adding some stuff into the tapestry so pretty interesting stuff if you're a guy davis fan out there i mean does, I, I certainly am and does, does he not do the covers no i don't know who that is yeah it's such a weird dark style i almost thought it was gibbons tony harris on the covers okay so probably uh starman or Ex Machina. I'm trying to think of where he's at at that point. Uh, yeah. Somewhere around that time period. But man, the marks are so different than all the other aliens that I feel like we've shown so far. Usually they're drawn very tight. Yeah. And Guy Davis, much less so. Yeah. Again, I think it lends itself to both a horror comic, but also the idea like whenever you have these scenes that are overrun with the aliens, you really get that chaotic feeling with his artwork. Right. So kind of a pretty cool, uh, another, another all-star artist added to that aliens portfolio as far as i'm concerned good color built in there too yeah it's 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 a good one all right man the last ones that i have here to offer are the james stokoe doing aliens dead orbit relatively recent in terms of um I had it on my poll list 2017 man. it's actually newer than i thought i was yeah. thinking it was a little bit earlier than that but you see story art and lettering that includes color yes and there's a james uh is it stokoe he does have a palette and yes. the palette has a lot of purples pinks and blues and still doing cartoony you know being able to do cartoonish expressions despite being able to do this kind of like technical loaded crowd scenes he's one of those 
revelatory cartoonists. You know, when he did or Orkstein came out of thin air and, yeah. and hit me like a ton of freaking bricks because it's it's one of those rare creators that that shows up a bad motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and and he came he came from I guess nowhere, you know? Like when Jeff Darrow shows up with Bourbon Thread, at least he had a couple of years of Hanna Barbera and stuff like that. Not saying that that would inflect upon the style, but the guy was a pro for a while. Like James just came out of nowhere. So like anytime he has some new stuff out, it's it's on my list and and I I scoop it all up. I think I think there were four issues of this. Yeah. That's a great spread. You get that full full page splash of an alien and a chest burster across two two pages there. It's a pretty fun way to end it. He eventualized me on on the the micron, uh, like using that as an inking implement, which uh, I've been employing to to good health uh, f fairly lately. I think the first time we've seen like the the chest burster coming out and interacting. That's yeah, pretty good. It's a, it's uh, pretty a, good wrinkle in this. It's a, it's a love scene. Comics universe. Yeah, so very fun stuff there, and probably one of the the last uh, Dark aliens, Horse, yeah. Dark Horse series, I would bet, judging from twenty seventeen. I can't remember whenever that Fox goes to uh, to Disney, but it's, I mean, we're getting close to that time period for sure. Yeah, look at that bibliography of all these damn books. Right, that's the other thing. It's fun to look at this stuff because if you guys at home see something that really speaks to you, you can track down aliens comics. They exist uh, in, in good enough numbers that if you want one of these series, you can definitely find it out there. And uh, that concludes my Aliens collection in terms of great Aliens artists. I know there's a few that I forgot, so that's something I invite our audience to uh, fill in those comments with some of your favorite Aliens artists, because I think there's a few more out there. Drink every time you uh, see the name Walt Simonson in the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I'm going to rely on the uh, Dark Horse Comics publication to, to get out of that one. Fair enough, man. Good to go? Yes. Okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. We put up uh, videos on the daily, and we've covered uh, numerous Alien comics uh, in the past, but... More than a thousand videos uh, exist, and we might have talked about your favorite comics. So hit the little magnifying glass on the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel. Give it a search and see if we talked about your stuff. Uh, if not, please let us know in the comments which comics you want us to uh, push, push to the top of our reading piles. We have a Patreon. Uh, at the Patreon, there are three levels of participation, and uh, if you become a king, a Kayfaber, get access to an exclusive live stream recording session. You get all the videos before anybody else that mitigates the kayfabe effect. Uh, but ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. So, Jimmy, let the people know what you have. Almost fell out of the chair. I saw that, man. <laughs> I saw that. I wasn't going to sell it. Just assuming that you knew what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next release is Street Angel Princess of Poverty. This will be out in November from Image Comics. You can start pre-ordering this one uh, already. And uh, it collects all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadly Scroll Alive. So get Princess of Poverty and Deadly Scroll Alive and you'll have the complete Street Angel set at least up to this point. You can also find The Plain Janes, my young adult graphic novel. I like to say it's perfect for gift giving for uh, our audience. Uh, Hulk Grand Design, one of the best looking books I think I've ever made. Uh, hats off to Marvel for great production values. Retelling the 60 year history of the Incredible Hulk in an oversized volume 
Also featuring some of the all-time great artists drawing their versions of the Hulk in our back matter. So pick this one up if you haven't already because I believe this is out of print and unavailable at the distribution level, but it's still in a lot of great comic book stores out there, so pick that one up while you still can. And my latest self-published book, True Crime Funnies, available as a PDF on my website or as a, uh, a free read on my Patreon. And I will be reprinting this in time for Baltimore Comic-Con, where we'll be at the end of uh, at the beginning of September. After that, probably be available in hard copy again on my website. Christmas is just a couple months away as of this recording, and the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is going to be a great gift this holiday season. It's the 10-year anniversary of my comic. It's a 50th anniversary of hip-hop culture, so we had to do it up fresh for 2023. Uh, we're collecting all of the uh, material in the first four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree, but we have about 150 pages of additionals in the back that are not in that first volume so make sure you scoop this thing up uh, it is the ultimate statement on uh, the hip-hop family tree and uh, it's the best book i ever made uh, but it's not going to be the only holiday book that uh, i i have coming out for the 2023 season x-men grand design trilogy trade paperback is coming out uh, there's a volume or two of my x-men grand design comics that is out of print so uh, the best way to get all those comics in one clip will be the trade paperback of X-Men Grand Design that will be coming out in November. I have two trade paperbacks of Red Room out uh, as we speak. And right now I'm working on Crypto Killers, the, the final Red Room book. Uh, in Crypto Killers 3, there's a backup feature called uh, Latchkey Kids. And these are the characters that I'm exploring in my daily comic strip that I'm going to start putting out at the beginning of uh, 2024, but I'm serializing them exclusively on my Patreon for three bucks right now, and uh, it's going over super well, but I'll be putting the strip out to, to everybody at a later date. There are some other ways to support the channel, though. Jimmy, let the people know. You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, fanny packs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All great ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those marching orders, Jimmy, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.